0: You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Catherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. We are a little behind on our technology. (laughs) Uh.
1: How many years have we been
0: doing this? It's been almost three years. Yeah, I think it's been three. No, we started like April. We were planning it at this time, like three years ago. Okay, so it was after. Okay. Okay. Ali was our first guest in April. um, okay. And she's going to be, well, obviously everybody should know she has been um, nominated and will be inducted into the Gravel Cycling Hall of Fame. Yes. Yep. I get a new classmate. You get, to, you get to be her like intro person.
1: Yes. I'm going to, we're going to wear boots and sequins.
0: So, oh, that was the first thing she texted me is like, bring your boots and sequins. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I <laughs> think she's gotten like a whole gang of people to show up in boots and sequins. Yep. So I
1: want to do a boots and sequins ride. Maybe boots and bandanas, right? A sequins might rub in the wrong place,
0: but. I'm just, sorry, I'm just picturing like all you're wearing is boots and bandanas. A bandana.
1: I'm in, I'm down. Let's shake it up. <laughs> it's a midnight ride. Meet us let's, at <laughs> Let's shock the crap out of Emporians. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it was a nice run with Christy Moan until she was yeah, I'm get through Emporia.
1: And that's it. <laughs> was
0: all she wrote,
1: folks. I guess if I was gonna go out, I should go out in a you know blaze of glory there. That'd be amazing. So. I feel like Alex anyway. Cedric would
0: be the one that would help you do that too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> very true. Very, very true. Yeah, that's hilarious. So yeah. Um, I haven't seen you in so long. Because we well, didn't we record didn't, last week. We didn't record last week. Yeah. I kept looking at my schedule, going, where when are we recording this week? So yeah. yeah. But uh hi. Hi.
2: You look well. <laughs>
1: Your hair looks good today.
0: Oh, thanks. I just, um, watched it. <laughs> it's getting very long. I know. I'm, I need to get it cut off. Pe- people are like, what the hell are you talking about? Okay. Um, you will have a big week though. Cause it's camp week, right? It's camp week. Yep. Uh, campers arrive
1: starting. Well, some of them have already started coming to town, but we've got uh, 65 70 campers coming wow. in. So yeah.
0: The Georgia cruise,
1: planning, right? <clears throat> yes which I forgot about. And then I looked at the roster this morning and got super stoked. It's like, ah, yes. Okay, cool. So it'll be a fun time. Yeah, it will be fun. So looking forward to it. And we're doing, we're kind of shaking it up a little bit this year, you know, trying something new, but not too new. So we'll see.
0: Oh, what is it?
1: Well, I mean, like Thursday night, we're going to do a, like a, uh, camp ride out to this bonfire and have, we have got gourmet s'mores from sweet Granada and just like doing some things that are a little bit more fun and interactive. And then, you know, we'll still do our big rides, our 50, 150 um, days and good food. That's one thing I look forward to. It's always really good food. (laughs) And I am certain that there is going to be a ton of burning, which is one of my favorite things. So
0: if people don't know what the hell you're talking about, you have to explain that. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, every year, the Flint Hills has controlled burns on the grazing pastures, and it keeps out foreign species and helps regenerate the blue stem grass that grows on the prairies. Um, most people don't know blue stem grass roots can be twenty feet deep, and that really is what preserves the soil and keeps the the uh, prairie super healthy. So, the the burns imitate lightning strikes on the prairies that would have, you know, that do happen, but, but you want them to happen with a little bit more control and regularity. So, um, you know, some pastures burn every year, some, every other year, some every three years, but um, it's just, it's a really beautiful time in this, in the Flint Hills because you get to see right now, everything out there is really Brown. And then you'll see fields that are black next to still like with the limestone Flint road, and brown on one side, but then as that black sprouts, like in like four days, five days after the burn, it just turns to a bite, a bright, bright, vibrant green. So it's, it's my favorite time in the Flint Hills is, is the burn season. So it does cause a lot of like stuffiness and headaches in some people. So that you was know, <laughs> a bummer, but
0: yeah. Does it just smell like smoke for days
1: too? Um, it will smell like smoke, but I mean, we get the most, the most gorgeous sunsets and sunrises this time of year. And there's, I I mean, there's pluses and minuses to it for sure. But, um, I, I love it when that green comes in. Cause I'm also really ready for the Brown to go away. You know, it's like, okay, it's time. Like yeah. I always like it when it first gets here, but then I'm also ready for it to go on out the door.
0: Yeah. I didn't realize because I, you know, like I haven't minded the weather. People are like, oh, the weather out there. It's so terrible. I haven't minded it. But then we went to Florida for that menopause retreat at the end of February. And I came back and going there, like with the warm weather, we're in Georgia, you know, like that's about the time that spring starts to show up at the end of February. And I was like, oh yeah, I do like miss like my body and mine just automatically started to switch to spring. And then it's still pretty chilly out here. Although we're starting to get some sunny days. So it's nice. I took uh last weekend it was in the 60s and sunny and gorgeous, uh Friday and Saturday, then it rained Sunday, but um, so we took my niece bike riding out on, that, fun. out on this trail that goes, it's out in this town called Ording and it's a flat, it's a rail trail. And um so we went six miles. It was it was her longest ride ever. Um but it was just like, we got half a mile and she's like, my legs are tired. I was like, do you think Kate Courtney says that on her rides? (laughs) Good point. So it was really cute though. We had to do a lot of stops for snacks, water breaks, butt breaks, but she did six miles. (laughs) Yay. That's awesome. So good deal. It was pretty fun, but I, I'm trying to get her in a mountain bike, a mountain bike class this, this summer. Oh, fun. Yeah. That's a good idea. Good idea. I like it. So, uh, well, today we got to chat with, uh, a, it's a returning podcast guest again. So last week we had a man this week we are with Whitney Allen, um, Allison. Allison. Alison. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like trying, like my dog keeps wanting to. I think I just got a delivery, so she keeps like wanting to lose her shit. So that's why I'm (laughs) distracted now. Whitney Allison, um, who uh, we got to talk a lot about her event in Colorado, which sounds really fantastic. I know it does. It sounds fun. I want to try that one. So I know we're we're seeing if we can extend your vacation to Colorado this summer. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) So we'll get on to our interview with Whitney Allison. (laughs) I know where the record button is. Christy Bone had to start the recording because I I could not get my computer to work today. So I made her host and I was like, you're not going to be able to find it.
1: Yeah. You know that here's the difference is that I know how to find a record button and you know how to start a podcast. So that's why we make such a good team.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. What if? (laughs) So uh, I think, I feel like we're going down um, our memory lane and having previous guests back who have done really, started doing some really rad things since we had them on our podcast. So uh, today we have joining us Whitney Allison, who also is having computer issues. So it's like our day of computers.
2: (laughs) Hi, Whit. Hi. (laughs) I'm currently on my phone instead of my computer, but alas, we will survive. That's a, you okay. look
1: great and you sound even better. So there you go. Uh, it's, you know, iPhones are amazing. I'm assuming you have an iPhone, but I do. Yes. <laughs>
2: I'm going to just get a little crooked as my propped up iPhone shifts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're looking sideways. I keep also, I live not, not, not super far from JBLN, the Joint Base lewis McCord, and they run all these military maneuvers around here. And so occasionally. It's just like those big C4s and the F somethings. I don't know what they actually are. If I say the wrong thing, somebody that's the military will be like, those don't fly out of blah, blah, blah. But the fighter jets fly over and they're so loud. So I also think that's what messes up my Wi-Fi. Anyway. It probably <laughs> does, honestly. Um, uh, Whitney, it looks sunny there.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, we've kind of... Starting to see some hints of spring, which also means our spring winds. So yeah, onto the new season. (laughs) The first day of spring, bring the wind. Yeah.
0: If folks don't know, you're in the Fort Collins area. Is that correct? Yeah.
2: Yep. And for people unfamiliar, that's like 45 minutes north of Boulder, like an hour north of Denver. Kind of the last stop before you hit Wyoming. Do you ever go to the rodeo in Wyoming? I don't know, but we can ride up there. I've ridden to the border and back on a training ride. That's kind of fun.
0: Nice. It's always fun when you get to another state on your training ride, you're like, I feel so accomplished. <laughs> Even though you're like, it wasn't that far, but I feel like I went to another state.
2: You can do like kind onto of some cool, like B road, Jeep trail sort of stuff. And then you like, end up like in this Valley and then you like, look at your file later and it's like across the border, but yeah, oh, cool. it's kind of cool. It's like a little bit otherworldly, and there's like nothing in this area. It's kind of an adventure. Well,
1: you definitely live in a gorgeous place for riding bikes. So,
2: yeah, I know summer can't come quick enough. I definitely need to like do some more adventures this year. I think I let them slip away from me too yeah. much last year.
1: Yeah, I w- that's what I was just going to ask. I was like, where have you gotten away to to do some training rides this winter?
2: Um, it's kind of been a comedy of errors actually this year. So last year, uh, my husband, Zach, and I decided not to do another training camp after like going to SoCal in January. And so this year we're like, we need two training camps. They're going to be so good, blah, blah, blah. And then we went to Tucson and had like an okay time, but it also like overlapped their cold snap and snow. So it's like,
0: <laughs> I had, gonna like stay a- home. <laughs>
2: And like the reality was I didn't even pack warm enough clothes. Um, even for me as somebody acclimated to winter at the time. So that was like fine. There were some great tacos that made up for it. And then um a couple weeks ago, I went to Malibu and lined that up with some of the flooding rains. And so
0: Wait, isn't it like, don't you and Zach have these crazy trips too? Wasn't it like you that your car caught on fire or something?
2: Yeah, our, our you know? <laughs> <laughs> And then you had some crazy Italy trip or something. Uh, well, the trailer burned like less than twenty four hours before our flight took off. So. Okay. So the, yeah, the of, like, moral of the story
0: is: do not tra- travel. With Zach. <laughs> <laughs> I think that
2: we're actually just like really good with like dealing with crazy stuff. Like we're not really like panickers in these situations. But yeah, so Malibu was like three inches of rain, which is kind of like a little rainstorm that passes through, but then it just lasts for 48 hours. And then I followed that with like getting sick the next day. So I like was like, what the hell, (laughs) what kind of training camp is that? But I mean, it's fine. Like everybody kind of deals with stuff, especially like late winter and early spring. And you just kind of deal with things as they come. It's a good, that's a
1: good point. So the, the, the trailer catching on fire though, that was pretty
2: epic. Like- that was it was a lot. And so actually coming back from mid-south, we had to come back the same way. And we actually saw the spot where the trailer f- started to flip into the guardrail. Like the marks, the tire marks are still there. Like we kind of knew what it was. And so we wanted to like kind of see it and like re-experience it because like your memories in that moment kind of get a little bit like scrambled but things also seem clear so it was actually on an overpass like an actual like bridge like overpass I thought it was like a hill so that was kind of remarkable because that could have been that could have been really a lot worse it could have been like life ending kind of thing so it's it's kind of crazy that we dealt with that and guess what it was windy when we drove through (laughs) through kansas and we were really happy that we didn't have a trailer this time i
0: feel like you need <laughs> to share this story quickly just for anybody that doesn't know because now we've hinted at it like three times and i am like i don't think you've shared the story on the podcast just on your social medias where i read it and i was like what in the world
2: yeah so i guess like the twitter version would be like we're coming back from big sugar it is windy But between two exits, it became very, very windy in Kansas in October. And it was like 90 degrees. It was like Mad Max. And so we were going slow with some other trucks and trailers. And we were planning on taking the next exit, which was three miles up. And then the trailer flipped. It was a single axle, like 1960-something trailer that we'd rebuilt in the pandemic. And then Zach was able to catch it on the guardrail. I honestly, like, think bike racing is really great in this way and that you kind of learn these, like, uh, disaster avoidance skills. And so he, like, rides it on the guardrail to upright it. But we think that it was so old and dry that it caused some sort of spark. So, like, after we got to the exit, made our plan to go to the closest hotel to wait out the windstorm, we start to drive down the closest way to get there, which is this dirt road. And then Zach looks back and the whole thing is like on fire. And he like, literally, he got our brand new envy mogs out that we had had raced at BWR Kansas and make sugar. And those are the only things we got out of the trailer. And then because it was such a crosswind, we didn't lose our truck and laptop and our dog was somehow extraordinarily obedient, even though like literally everything's on fire. Um, so yeah, we came out pretty unscathed as far as things go.
0: so crazy. (laughs)
2: Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah.
0: And then you went to Italy the next day um, for vacation.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we like stayed the night, like we went to, uh, Walmart to get a change of clothes and like toothbrush and like dog food. Actually, it's kind of funny. Our breaking point ended up being we went and got like tacos at whatever was like right near the Walmart, and like we get back in the truck and the truck wouldn't start. And that was the point at which like Zach is almost in tears because it's like that is the breaking point. It's not just like dealing with like survival sort of disaster stuff, one thing at a time, it was like having that like body release of stress and then having the truck not start but what happened is like the back um like the rear tail light on the right side the wires became melted during the fire and so it's like a 97 f-250 and so it just like shorted the circuit and so it wouldn't start so we had to like um i'm not thinking of what they're called but like the little pluggy things that you have to put in the car. Like we had to like move things around and whatnot. We got it working, (laughs) but it was definitely one of those like breaking points. (laughs) Oh my God. Then what, like just out of curiosity, what happened with the trailer? Um, Well, I didn't know what happened in these situations. And so I was like, oh, you know, we're sitting in the cop car with the dog in my lap and it's 90 degrees, mind you. So it's just like disgusting. And I'm just dust because it's like Mad Max wins and all this stuff. And I was like, so, you know, what happens? Like, do we pay a fine? Like, how do we pay for like the fire truck and like all this sort of stuff? And he's like, he like audibly laughed and then told the fire truck person because he thought it was hilarious. Um, But you just pay the towing fee is all. So I think it was $300 to tow the rest of the pieces out there and then they like break it apart for recycling and whatnot. So like, even though we like, we're really pushing up on our vacation that we basically already prepaid for by this point, um, I still found time to go to the liquor store have them pick out like the nicest whiskey that like you couldn't just buy anywhere and mailed it to the fire department and the police department, which <laughs> is definitely kind of illegal, but I never heard of anything back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've been arrested for it, so you're fine. <laughs> yeah.
2: I just, yeah. It was just, um, I guess like you feel very vulnerable in that situation. Yeah. You're like, you know, could I have done something differently? Did I put you know, other people at risk. Cause I mean, the fire is going towards the highway um, and you just don't want to be that sort of person. But, you know, we are really treated with like a lot of kindness and respect. And they said that given the circumstances, we did everything we were supposed to, we exited, we made a plan to like to stop essentially and to get out of the weather and just wait it out. And we just had bad luck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh- that's craziness.
1: Yeah. I bet Italy felt like really good.
2: It was like such a big contrast because it was like so luxurious. And like, I don't know, I bought some like sick velvet pants at Walmart. I was like, yes. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Just like all this like very funny like contrast that you have to like take a couple of days to process. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: That's amazing. Did you ride bikes in Italy or? Did the bike okay? So you didn't have to pack a bike.
2: No. So we have, and I'll tell you, it was also very easy to unpack from Big Sugar because it was there's nothing. (laughs) It's all burned (laughs) up. (laughs) Uh,
1: I have these wonderful velvet pants I got at Walmart. Otherwise, I have nothing else. (laughs) Oh my God, they're
2: they're terrible. They went straight in the costume box. Um, but that was kind of intentional. It's like,
0: who do I want to be? Who is this new capture with (laughs) me? You arose from the fire with the velvet pants. <laughs> yeah.
2: But second, oh I tradition kind of at the end of the season. We like to take like a no bike, no computer trip, um, especially because like, you know, we are, we're bike racers and we also like work in the industry. And so it's really hard to like find that work-life balance between something that's also a hobby So it's like that two week trip is this really special time where we just like, aren't any of those things. If that makes sense. It does. It it sounds like the velvet pants should have gone with you. (laughs) I mean, maybe that's like in, in Europe.
0: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, we had you on a couple of years ago. I can't quite remember when, um, but it was when you were really, you would, Come out of the lawsuit uh, yes. that was settled, around, and you were starting to rebuild your social, and really you were emerging publicly as Whitney Allison because mm-hmm. you couldn't for so long because of the, uh, and so you've done a lot of stuff since then. <laughs> um, yeah, you've been busy. One of which is like consistently showing up top five in pretty much any race you show up for. So tell us how your how your um, race seasons have been, and what your you know what are you feeling about this year. I'm a professional fourth place finisher. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um yeah, it's been it's been really fun. So we talked, I think shortly after Unbound, where I finished I'll let you guess. It was fourth. Third. Um, I thought you I thought you got third. Oh uh, no, I've been fourth two years in a row now. Okay. Dang it. I had it wrong. Okay, sorry
1: about that. Anyway, fourth. Sorry.
2: Yeah. And so just it's been cool like getting to kind of see all the different events that are out there and you know like you hear about stuff and you know like I just experienced mid-south for the first time you know a couple weeks ago and you just hear about stuff and you don't necessarily have that shared experience with people so it's really cool getting to like go have those experiences and then kind of like in the future I can kind of refine my schedule. Cause like, as we know, like this space is getting so full of events and it's really hard to figure out how to spend your time and energy. Um, so yeah, it's like cool getting to kind of figure that out. And then like the other half of my life is Fogo Fondo, which is just kind of built into exactly kind of what I hope it can be. And yeah, it's like constantly like inspiring me and I'm annoyingly like diligent and capable enough to like follow through on ideas that we have that we like. Um, Yeah. So it's just been this thing where I feel like the racing parts growing. I'm planning on doing a few more events this year than I did last year, but then Foco Fondo is always also growing. So it's just a lot more stuff and I'm having to learn this year, my big goal is to like, learn how to be like a delegator and a, in a leader in that capacity. Cause I've just always been on my own or just with Zach and we're just like such DIYers that it's a huge contrast and change for us. What are some of the tri- tr-
1: uh, tips and tricks you're doing to delegate? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: you know, I start with wringing my hands. Um, <laughs> Um, I found there's, are you familiar with Bethel steals, Bethel mm-hmm. Steele Um, so Bethel's partner, Lauren is a community member and she quit her job to do more like contract work and her and I like think on the same like wavelength, she understands what we're trying to do. And so she's just been like my right hand person, like helping awesome. kind of, implement everything across like bike sports or foco fondo and like really was instrumental. Like we have a really cool new leadership program that I'm just so it's just been blowing my mind every month. And she was really like she was absolutely essential in helping me design what that like can look like in actuality, like taking <laughs> taking an idea but making it actionable. So like I'm I really have a lot of appreciation for her and i'm really glad that she quit her job so that i could buy the time
0: (laughs) that's amazing to live your healthiest life possible you need to understand what's going on inside inside tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source your body inside tracker was created by experts of aging genetics and biometric data from harvard tufts and mit it provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. InsideTracker can also calculate your biological age, which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. The thing we love most about InsideTracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health, like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any InsideTracker plan? Which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax-free dollars. Oh, and when it gets better, for a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit insidetracker.com/feisty. That's insidetracker.com/feisty. Okay. Well, let's get into focus. When I emailed you yeah. about this, you were like, did you mean to send this to me? And I was like, yes, because your race just keeps evolving into cooler and cooler things. And I want people to hear more about it because I think in the, with kind of the race grab, that's what we call it. Or like the, all these races coming out. Um, I think like, uh, you all are a well-kept secret still. Um, So I, and I love the Fort Collins area. So, um, but you're doing just a lot of really innovative things, including, I believe, childcare this year. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. So we launched childcare last year and that was like a new and novel thing. So we didn't have a lot of families come on board for that. Um, So the new aspect this year is that we also have a grant and that's actually live right now. Um, So we had a community member, Donate five hundred dollars. That will go towards paying for multiple families to be able to access that that probably financially otherwise wouldn't be able to pay for both an entry and childcare because <laughs> I mean that stuff like adds up so quickly. Um, and kind of the the biggest challenge for adding childcare for Foco Fondo was trying to find a childcare facility that was willing to work with like the event schedule. Um, so we ended up finding a place through CSU, which is the big university here. So they offer childcare for like a lot of like the professors and grad students and whatnot, um, here. And so they have a program already that's called like date night and they just took the same model for their date night, but then applied it to bike racing times, which is pretty cool. And it's really great. Like, I didn't know that much about the childcare industry, but there's a really great new um, Planet Money podcast on kind of why child care is so expensive in the US and 85 percent of their costs are usually labor because of like how how few children child care providers are legally allowed to watch. So I think it's also a really great opportunity to help provide some of those providers with some extra money because they're often not really even paid that much, even though child care is very expensive.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. And I, and I know just from like events I've done in the past that weren't even people are always like childcare care is a great idea. And there are a lot of legal hoops that you have to really jump through to provide it. and So finding a good partner sounds like it's the right way to go
2: yeah, they're already insured. They have the facilities, like it's just all For So for them, it's just plug and play and it's extra money for them to give to their people, which is cool.
0: cool.
1: And that's, I mean, a hundred percent correct. It's difficult to find the facility. So that's amazing that you guys were able to tackle that because it's a lot of times the issue, I mean, be- besides it being expensive, then you, it is really hard to find.
2: Yeah. And it's-, it's like, eight minutes from the venue if you were to drive, but that's not terribly far either. So, Mm -mm. and they're Mm -hmm. with us too. So it's cool.
0: Yeah. Well, and it sends the message, right? Like, even if you don't have a lot of people take you up on it for the first few years, like it keeps sending this message of families are valued here, Mm -hmm. you know, come make this a weekend with your family instead of find something else to do with your kids.
2: (laughs) Yeah. 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 And we do offer like free free kids entries and stuff too. But I also understand that maybe parents just don't want to ride with their freaking kids this weekend. Maybe they want to be
0: <laughs>
2: you know, heaven forbid both parents want to just do their own thing. So.
1: that's a valid point too. Like it's okay to also have a weekend uh without your kids.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, tell us some of the other things that y'all are doing with Coco Fondo. I know you've got a lot going on.
2: Yeah. So like the other two big things that we've added this year, we have this new leadership program, which hopefully I still have a sponsor coming on for that. Um, But we took, I want like this space can feel very like national, like a moving circus going from place to place. And so I wanted to make sure as Foco Fondo grows that it's like really deeply rooted in Fort Collins and that we can like raise up new leaders in this space. But like from a from a local perspective. So we hired a para athlete, a local woman, a BIPOC athlete and a non-binary athlete to implement and run those programs entirely. Um, That includes like. Um, so we've continued like our BIPOC scholarship program so Jared was able to like do all the outreach choose the applicants um, he'll facilitate the housing he's there as like almost like a concierge for people like there's a lot of considerations like for people traveling into events like you can look at like a lot of the trans and non-binary laws that are happening currently and so For a lot of people traveling interstate, they might have questions about, is this a safe place? You know, am I going to be safe if I go out at night? And there's like these considerations that you don't think about because you feel safe. So being able to have a person that people that identify with that person that they can always contact and ask those questions, I think is really valuable. And then also giving them kind of that leadership role where they are. I'm paying them as a consultant and they are advising me on recommendations based on their community's needs. So I can help shape for Foco Fondo in a way that is welcoming to those communities while like respecting leaders in that space. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. And like we, we do like a monthly call together and it's been like mind blowing for me. Like, I love to learn. I believe that like, we don't know what we don't know. And that's totally fine. Um, So like the first call, Sam Summers, who's a para-athlete, she did this incredible presentation on like the full scope of like para-athletes, why some of these needs exist, like different ways that we could change our event to be more accommodating. And it's just presented in a way as like, just, it was very eye-opening understanding like what the barriers are for athletes like that to come to an event. But then it was also actionable for me so that I can change my event in a way to be welcoming to that community. So it's just, it's really, it's been really empowering and, you know, we've been kind of learning a lot about each other in these calls and like figuring out how to make, this space, like have that lasting inclusivity. Yep. Yeah, it sounds like a,
1: an amazingly true partnership.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And like, I love that it's Fort Collins people with the exception of Sam who's in golden, which is like an hour from here. So it's like raising up people in our community mm-hmm. because it is very, like a very Fort Collinsy event. Um, and letting them have kind of access to the gravel space in a different way where maybe they wouldn't have been selected for a leadership position otherwise.
0: Yeah, I love that. And then you said you had another initiative you were starting this year. Yeah, Um,
2: so the last one is called Hitch a Ride for Climate, Community and Cost Sharing. Um, And that's kind of with the idea like You know, with climate change, you know, Christy and I were talking about like how there's no more snow in Kansas and, you know, the world is changing and it's not a bad idea to think about how we travel to these events. And I don't think that things always have to be perfect. It's not like you have to like no longer fly to events ever. And now you just have to stay home and only ride your gravel bike from your house like how can you make these small changes that have a big impact? So like visit Port Collins is offering a five dollar airport shuttle that will drop you off in downtown Fort Collins. So you don't need to rent
0: a car. It's a very bike So cheap.
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> like normally 120 bucks.
0: So. I know. I used to take that shuttle. Yes. It was like yeah. 50 bucks 10 years 20 years ago.
2: <laughs> yeah. And like who wants to drive on the highway? It's a nightmare. So you get to just sit back and you get to relax and then you get dropped off in old town, Fort Collins, and then you just get a bike around like a local, like it's actually quite ideal. Um, So that's like one aspect and that's really awesome. Um, And there's going to be room for your bike bag, which is also can be an issue with shuttles and you get to forego the rental car. So that's also a cost reduction. Um, the other aspect is carpooling. So we have a way to, for people to connect with others for carpooling. Shammy Butters donated 25 $100 gas cards that will be distributed at, distributed at random to people that are carpooling to Focofondo. And, you know, you think about like if you're driving yourself from Kansas and you're going to spend, you know, $500 round trip on gas. And now you're sharing it with a friend. Now your travel costs are two fifty dollars each. So like, mm-hmm. you know, it's really cool. And then maybe that gives you more budget to add one more event to your season or, or maybe not. Um, so I think like, that's really neat. I'm very excited about that. And then the last aspect would be like riding to the start. And we're happy to like have a bag check-in process so that you don't have to drive to the start of the event when you're driving the one mile from your hotel or your house to the start of an yeah. event. So those are kind of the, that's kind of the trifecta. Um, yeah. And I, I love how it kind of hits those three aspects of our climate community and cost sharing. Cause I think it's all very, like, it's all equally important in my mind.
0: Wow. Well, and for Collins is such a, um, like, once you get there, depending on where you stay, it's well, it's such a bi city around the city anyway, because it's all connected by bike path. But also like, if you are staying close to old town, you know, you can walk or bike everywhere and just have a great experience without needing a car. So I love that.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we have like the bike share and the scooter share programs too. So it's not like you'd have to like ride your event bike around if you didn't want to.
0: Yeah. I love that. I used to stay, I would, would do like some summer class things out there a long time ago. And there, I don't even know if these apartments are still there, but there were some apartments that were kind of down toward the indoor arena, like across the street from campus. And then we would walk downtown to the Walrus for ice cream. <laughs> that would be our evening walk, which was probably like a couple of miles down and back to the Walrus for ice cream. We're like, we're like, we'll only have ice cream like if we enjoy the evening air and the stroll to and from. <laughs> But yeah. I think I didn't have a car several years. So I was out there for six or seven weeks and it was totally fine.
2: Yeah. And I mean, honestly, like if you stay in old town, it's like, and you're traveling in from like out of town, it's like, there's a grocery store, there's a target, there's bike shops, like any, like tons of restaurants, like anything that you could need is like right, right there. So you don't need the rental car. It will just be a
0: literal pain to park. Yeah. And you all moved this race to July this year. Is that a change? No, it's the same weekend. So this year
2: falls July 23rd.
0: Okay. Very cool. And what are the distances that you offer? Um, 12,
2: 32, 53, and this year, um, 118. So last year we had like a 107 and a 145 to access like this mountain route on the 145, but it just is too long. Like there's so many events that are long that necessarily contribute to that noise. I think. Um, so now that route, which is kind of an average, it basically scoots West a lot faster and still accesses this pretty dope mountain loop that like goes through like an Aspen Grove and then has this beautiful descent that you might be in Switzerland, except for it still has like, you know, Colorado-y like country vibes, if you will, but it's pretty sweet. Sounds awesome. Yeah.
0: It sounds amazing. It's going to have to definitely be on my list. My, my brother and sister-in-law actually are um, Fort Collins is at the top of their list for where they're moving next. So that, that would make it very easy in the future. I've, I've heard a lot of that lately. Lots of people
2: want to move here, which I, I welcome.
0: <laughs> so, um, well, I'm curious because you have been racing for a while and we're kind of hitting the beginning of the season. What are your thoughts on, on this year's season? It sounds like you're, you're still racing pretty seriously, but you're also like, I also have this big contribution to give here. So how are you feeling going into it? And then I want to get your scoop on the women's field. Cause I think you always think really well through what's happening there.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this season. I think next up is BWR California for me, um, which like, I think in normal years, I feel like that really favors a lot of the riders that don't have to deal with a normal like snowy winter kind of situation, but with all the rains in California, I think, and even like, stuff, I think that some of that's shifting a little bit for this year, um, like I was surprised at, I guess, Belgium Welfare Arizona, that it wasn't like crazier. Like there wasn't like a wider range of fitness than what there was, I guess. I would have expected it to be larger. So, you know, a lot of people are, it's still early in the year, I guess is my point, Um yeah. But then from there, I'll kind of be building towards unbound, see if I can shift out of that fourth place. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then, I don't know, I was kind of looking at trying to qualify for like UCI Gravel Worlds, but I I guess in my mind, I see that as a different discipline than like American Gravel mm-hmm. It's kind of like if Road and Cyclocross had a baby. Um or, or maybe just Road had a
1: baby with a gravel road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't.
2: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's fair not to think about it though, like yeah as like some sort of copy of American gravel. It's totally different. Exactly. That's a
1: hundred percent right.
2: But now like all of my plans, I guess, are up in the air. Like I feel really annoyed because I've already bought stuff to go to the qualifier in Canada because I can't go to the one in Fayetteville. But then it sounds like that's just age group now. And so now I'm like, well, what am, what the hell am I supposed to do? But I guess I might just be going to like gravel nationals. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's all kind of a mess around all of that. I think.
0: Yeah, it seems like they were not ironed out getting their schedules out and getting everything communicated clearly quite yet.
2: Yeah. And I think like that's kind of a bummer. Like, if you want athletes to show up and do their best and represent the US, you need to at least provide them information that they can like train for, you know?
0: Yeah. Plan off of, especially with such a busy gravel calendar in the US.
2: Yeah. And these are like hard efforts. Like this is like multiple hours of like extremely intense racing. You don't just like become fit in a moment, become peaked. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's also, there's also all the planning that goes to just traveling over there. Like there's a mental aspect of that, that maybe it sounds silly, but it's part of the race as well, honestly, you know?
2: Yeah. And like riders with different budgets and like different programs being able to afford a last minute ticket or not to Italy. Like those are like very real situations that people have to go with.
0: Well, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, the women's field this year? It's when I look at it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is such a strong women's field across the board this year. And it's, there's so many people that can end up kind of sitting on the top.
2: Like, I mean, it's become more competitive. Like you just, and that's just going to happen from more women getting into the space. It's cool to see like some up and coming riders. Um, I'm going to have terrible name recall right now. I haven't (laughs) had enough coffee, Um, but there's like some really amazing like young riders that are coming up in the space and absolutely smashing. And like the same thing happened. Like when I was in my road career, you would always have those one or two women that would come into the space and just like annihilate everybody. And it's so cool to see that happening in the gravel space and I think it's just going to happen more and more often as more women feel excited to come into this racing scene.
0: I love that. (laughs) I was like, I got to go on mute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's fun. I'm, I'm actually really excited about the season and watching the women's racing. I think it's actually going to be more dynamic and fun than the men's racing. I mean, I don't really pay attention to the men's racing any season, but I think there's just a lot to talk about in the women's races. So I'm excited to watch them.
2: Yeah. And I'm, I'm really curious to see like with Unbound having a separate women's start, like how that will shift a lot of strategy um, just because like what ends up happening in like the mixed start events is it's just like, hold on for dear life until you can't anymore. And then you pray that there's other women around you kind of thing. So it'll be just entirely different. And it'll be really cool to see like people that have like the mountain biking background versus the road background. And then now you're starting to have these athletes that never did either of those things. And they're, this is
0: like their first um,
2: taste of
0: sport. Yeah. It's going to be a fun year for sure. So uh, you have Unbound and Belgian, Belgian Waffle Ride and then maybe, uh, maybe Gravel Worlds, you can get all the details worked out or at gravel nationals um and then people can find you at foco fondo as well so uh how do they find uh, more information about your event it's it's not sold out yet correct
2: uh it's not sold out yet no we do we think it might sell out but it won't for a while
0: so if you're looking for a midsummer race and you want to take a vacation to colorado this is perfect um find somebody to ride with and you might get a win a gift card. <laughs> um, so where can they, what's your website for that race or your social media? Tell us how to find all of the things, Whitney Allison.
2: Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. So Instagram it's Focofondo and then the website is FocoFondo.com.
0: And then what's your social media handle? Ooh, um, uh- <laughs> Do I need to look it up for you? Do you remember last time we were talking about how you couldn't grow your social media following because of that accident? (laughs) Now we're trying to do it for you. Yeah, I think it's it's Allison.
1: That's Wit Allison. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Wit. I was like, why can't I find it? Because I have like six social accounts on my phone because of all the feisty accounts, and I'm like, oh, I'm in the menopause account. I don't think that Whitney's. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's not going to automatically like populate your name on that one. Give me another decade and I'll,
2: I'll move over that way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like who are all these Whitney's and why is it not pulling up Whitney Allison? She usually comes right up when I look for her.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just wit.allison. That's her IG handle. So
0: awesome. Okay. Well, um, I am hoping to get to Poco Fondo. Oh, I just really want to come this summer, but I don't think I can make it happen. Cause I'm going on vacation right before then, but it's, it's still tempting. Just end but. your
1: vacation there. And then. Go home. It's not
0: close to there, but <laughs> I'm going to Canada. Um, but uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Witt. It's really good to catch up with you again. Yeah, good to catch up with you too. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast and be sure to follow us at girls Gone gravel on Instagram or Facebook.